Our Old Testament reading for this fourth Sunday in Advent comes to us from the book of 2 Samuel, the seventh chapter. By this point in 2 Samuel, David has become king and he's established his kingdom. And here he has this idea that he should build a house for the Lord. But the Lord reminds David that it is not David who is going to build a house for the Lord, but it is the Lord who builds a house for David. And he's pointing forward to the birth of Christ, being in the line of David and making his line a kingdom forever. Now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of, the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak of speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel saying why have why have you not built me a house of cedar now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David thus says the Lord of hosts I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be prince over my people Israel and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Roman church, chapter 16. As St. Paul closes out his letter to the Romans, he encourages them to stay faithful in the name of Christ. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of, Jesus, of Christ, Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is St. Luke's account of how Mary found out about uh, to be born, the baby to be born to her. In the sixth month, 
the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the ancient world, the civilizations that cropped up were so isolated that they very rarely uh, took things from each other as far as culture or science and, and religion. And so they had to form their own. And, and you see this if you've ever studied the, the ancient world history of the different gods all these different places came up with. You're probably familiar with some of the more big empires like, uh, like the Greeks and the Romans. They had Jupiter and Zeus and Ares and Mars and all these other ones. But if you read through the Bible, you hear about these smaller civilizations like the Philistines believed in Dagon and the, the Canaanites believed in Baal and Asherah. And you have all these different gods that crop up in the Bible. And, of course, we know that these gods are nothing. They're figments of the people's imagination. They're idols that they created. But despite them all having different names and different roles of being in charge of the harvest or the sea or the sky or the underworld and all, all this different mythology, they all shared a common characteristic. And that common characteristic was that the people, the followers in those civilizations believed these gods could be manipulated. And if you wanted something from them, all you had to do was perform the right ritual or give the right sacrifice, and, and they would be manipulated into doing what you want. If you were a, a, a seagoing person, you might uh, give a sacrifice to the god of the ocean and, and he would give you safe passage. Or if you were someone who was going out to collect meat for your family, you might get the uh, sacrifice to the god of the hunt or something like that. And the general idea was that these gods needed us. They needed things from us in order to give us what we want. And if we didn't give to them, then they struck us down. You know, sometimes we still make 
these same mistakes. Even though we can, we know all those foreign gods, all those gods of antiquity that cropped up in all these different civilizations are nothing more than mythology and statues and things like that, we still find ourselves thinking, if I just give the right words in this prayer, I'll get exactly what I want. Or if I just am on my best behavior, maybe God will provide for me this thing I need. The opposite's true, too. When something bad happens, sometimes we think, boy, I must have done something that made God angry with me, and so now I'm being punished. But the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is that our God, the God of Scripture, the true God of heaven and earth, deviates from that pattern of the ancient gods. And I, that's part of the reason why it was so confusing to the people who were introduced to him in the ancient world. He is not like the hundreds of made-up gods. He doesn't deal with us on our terms. He doesn't need anything from us. Our God gives to his people freely. Our God gives to us graciously. He gives without any opportunity for us to earn it or to deserve it. This morning we hear from uh, 2 Samuel as, as David has this bright idea, and it seems great, doesn't it? He says, I live in a beautiful house. Shouldn't the Lord live in a house made of cedar as well? And even Nathan, Nathan, who's the prophet of God, says to David, great idea. He says, go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But if you are paying attention and listen to that Old Testament reading, does God seem all that interested in a house of cedar for himself? He says this, he tells Nathan, tell David this, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. David's operating under this misconception that what God is lacking is a house. We need to do something for him because he, he deserves it. He, he needs something from us. 
But God reminds David and us this morning that it's him who provides. You know, what we celebrate today, tonight, and hopefully tomorrow is that God is building us a house. And we think so often when he says things like this, I'm going to give you a place and I'm going to give you a house. We, we think geographically, we think physically, but what's the house that the Lord is ultimately giving us? It's his son. God is building a house for us in his son. Not a house made of brick and wood, but a house that is born to us in the city of David called Bethlehem. A house that we dwell in even today. Because what does a house provide? It provides us warmth. It provides us protection. It provides us shelter. It provides us a refuge. And isn't that exactly what God gives us in his son, Jesus Christ? A house that no fire can burn down. A house that can never rot away. A house that no matter what the weather might be, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, this house stands strong because this house is God himself, born into our human story, born into our lives, born as one of us. And that Christ, as he goes and dies on the cross, he is ensuring us a further home, a home with the Lord forever. So we don't think about what we can provide for God. Because God didn't send his son so that we could earn him. God didn't send his son so that we would have something to strive for. He sent his son because he has an undying love for you and for me. He sent his son because he knows that if left to ourselves, we will fail. We will not have stability. We will make up other gods like the people of the ancient world did and try to sacrifice to get their imaginary gifts that they would provide. And that's why our God is different than any other made-up God that people have for centuries come up with. He doesn't need us, but he created us to give us his love, his grace, and ultimately his forgiveness. He gave us a house to rest in, a house that is his son. That no matter what the forces of the world are outside of us, no matter how much pressure we feel from our own sin or the sin of others, no matter how much pain we experience from the, the problems of this world, be it disease or violence or death, we rest in Christ. We rest in his work. And we are sheltered from the weariness of this world knowing that in Christ I have a home, in Christ I live, in Christ even though I die, I will rise with him and live forever with him and all other believers. So, 
We do not sacrifice to gain God's grace because God gives it to us without a bill, without a price tag. He gives it to us freely because he knows he loves us and he knows that we are his people now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Just a brief...